Welcome to the Waka 100 Podcast, brought to you by Team CP. The Waka 100, the largest and toughest one-day mountain bike marathon you'll ever do. Turn on the weather for us. Just, um, I'm just looking for some legs. Can you show me some legs? Everyone's running good. Running good, looking good too. Now, let's send it over to Team CP. Well, how about that to get a show rowing, rolling, that is. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Team CP uh, podcast special. It is our absolute pleasure to bring you a podcast series covering off everything you need to know about New Zealand's biggest mountain bike race. Of course, that is the Isuzu Walker 100, uh, Richard Greer. Welcome back to the studio, mate. Yeah, pretty fizzed up about this one. What a great intro and what a great uh, start to a, another podcast series. Looking forward to um, bringing you lots of stories and good information in around uh, getting you to the start line in one piece and enjoying your Waka 100. Well, it's a race that, uh, you know, thousands of people have done. Thousands of people have already entered for this year coming. Uh, mm-hmm. You and I both, we've been there a couple of times and uh, and rolled the dice there, mate. You've What's, your, what's been your favourite uh, attempt at it? Well, Last year's mile? question of yeah that i'm not sure uh I, I, every attempt has got goods and bad bad bits in it i don't think i've sort of seen it like that was amazing the whole time there's always a period uh a bit of type two fun in there as well isn't it but yeah i just love the course i love it the fact that it's it's fun it's proper actual mountain biking it's riding single trail it's um you've got to know what you're doing on the downhill um and if you don't well hey walk down that but get down your get down in one piece but yeah it's a good honest challenge and a good honest test of uh, how can you ride your mountain bike should you walk the river crossing if you can't jump it too richard <laughs> you know well, you jump it that's the thing that's the area when i went wrong all those years ago when i was riding with you i was like oh i'll just roll through this and all of a sudden i wasn't uh, rolling through it i was rolling over top of it uh, so you know it's all about the full send at the end yeah hey like i said it's absolutely fabulous that uh the isuzu waka 100 uh is coming up in october of course and uh, they are putting out this podcast series and have entrusted us to uh to bring this to the people i suppose but we can't do this without the help of uh of uh, their sponsors and things and i just want a big shout out to sweet cheeks sweet cheeks are our episode um sponsor and we've got a bit of a giveaway to give away uh this episode richard correct yeah, absolutely. So, so send us some feedback. Uh, comment on on uh, what you liked or didn't like about the show. Ask us ask us a question, um, and then go into draw into the draw to win one of their um, uh, a bunch of stuff from Sweet Cheeks, which includes some butt butter, which includes freshly balm, a magnesium recovery cream, uh, hot cheeks, a muscle rub. Super Balm, a healing balm, and a minty lip balm, reckon all to the value of $140. Mate, you got your tongue twisted on this, uh, <laughs> on this. Hey, you're just so excited. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks so much to Sweet Cheeks, like Richard said. Uh, throw some comments in, send us a message, do something like that, uh, and uh, give us some feedback, and we will choose a winner and send out the Sweet Cheeks prize pack. Mate, uh, great show ahead of us. A um, few things to cover off as we go along. Already, you got the uh, somewhere along the line. We're going to have our race director Tim Farmer. He he's uh, once again putting on this fabulous event. You caught up with him earlier in the week. 
Yeah, we did indeed. So um, we're going to go all over the world in this particular episode. We're going to talk to Tim Farmer, who's in Canada, BC, riding the BC bike race. We're also going to talk to Sammy Maxwell, who was your last year's 2022 Women's Champion, which is pretty awesome. She's currently racing in Europe. And then we're also going to chat to Anita Goodman, who is currently hanging out in Taupo, I believe. Yeah, got to keep our locals in there, right? Um, yeah, yeah, look, Sammy Maxwell, I, I was, uh, yeah, I must say, I was a bit um, jealous. I didn't get to get in on that call, mate. You had that one all sorted earlier in the week. and uh, But Sammy, she has just been doing fabulous on the world stage, representing New Zealand. She's had the fern on on the podium uh, a couple of times in the last few World Cup rounds, So and the under-23 women's, of course, uh, cross-country. So exciting to have her on the show, being the carryover champ, um, and just to see what she's been up to. Yeah, that's right. I mean, just a great down-to-earth person and just shows you the the work that she's put in over the years is really starting to pay dividends. And uh, and she's just growing up and up and up the ranks and I think building in confidence uh, now that she's got some of those podium finishes and, and really good performances under her belt. So, yeah, really good chat and look forward to sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so we'll kick the show off with Anita today. Yeah, absolutely. Anita, come in. Are you there? Hi, guys. Nice to see you again. Hey, welcome Sorry. back. You've been, Thanks you've for been having busy. me back. You've been busy today, Anita, riding your bike out in the rain. Would that be fair? Uh, yes, I have been very busy today. Um, actually, interest. Oh, maybe I'll touch on that later. But yeah, riding in the rain, racing in the rain. Good day. Nice. And, uh, we were talking about sweet cheeks <laughs> earlier on in the. Um, That's the story. The... There's got to be. Hang on, hang on, Richard. That's not the story. There's got to be more to the story than that. Oh, it was a it was a really really rainy South Waikato day. It was a proper mud fest. Um, yeah, it was it was a good day. I'll do a post on it my socials later. Did you stay on your bike? I sat on my bike. There were a lot of hairy moments where I thought I wasn't staying on the bike, but there's a bigger goal for October. So I didn't want to break an ankle today and just had to take it a little bit slowly. But perfectly, though, uh, obviously you had to have some technical skills today because we know at Walker we need some technical skills, right? So, so do you, you think, definitely was it, was need technical skills at Walker. And today was, today was definitely um, a real good challenge in staying upright. So it's good to ride in the rain. gives you a bit of a challenge. And, you know, come summer riding, I'll be sweet. Excellent. And... Uh, in terms of that, like it's always really good to put your toe on the start line as well, isn't it? And actually ride those technical trails and uh, race sort of situation. Was any sort of learnings as a result of today's event? Uh, well, interesting with today's event, there was actually uh, two of the 100 mile athletes from last year who were doing today's event. So um, it was really cool to ride with Emma Badup and Emma McCosh, who did last year's miler and see how I'm placing against them. So there were some big learnings there that I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> and in terms of your, yourself. I guess, mental side of it, of actually racing against the, the rest of the yeah, team, yeah. Go? because the, uh, any learnings out of that, like, yes, they were, they were performing really well, but how did you go in terms of holding yourself together? Well, that was an interesting. Initially, when I started my first couple of laps, my mindset was to try and catch them until I realised, actually, you've just got to ride your race. You're not in control of what anybody else is doing or whatever else is going on in the course. Stick to your race plan. Stick to your race. If you finish the race, knowing you've done your job and you did the best you can do, sweet. That's actually all that matters. And by the third lap, because it was a lap race today, by the third lap, I got back into the mindset of just running 
my race and just see how it goes. So that's a, a real key thing to remember of just, yeah, doing your own thing and stop worrying about everybody else, which is not something I'm very good at. <laughs> nice. So that's a great learning, isn't it? Good to sort of uh, dial that one in. And as a result of that, how did your riding go sort of after from three laps after that, once you sort of realised that, did you start to get really, into really good? I um, yeah, I started having a lot more fun with it and was way more confident. And the riding was good, and the skills were coming up to play, apart from the mud. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really good ride today. I'm really happy with how it went. Nice. So take us back a step. Like you've done, how long have you been riding your mountain bike for, Anita? So I sort of got into mountain. Well, I've been a weekend warrior for um, my late 20s and then so I'd, I was probably riding a mountain bike maybe two or three times a year and then in late 2019 I decided I wanted to give it a little bit more of a crack so I pushed it to riding my mountain bike once a month and then in 2020 I really wanted to give it a go but we had 2020 and uh, there was lockdowns and there was all that sort of stuff going on so uh, late 2020 is when I could really give it a good crack the event started coming back and I did my first Walker event, which was the 50 in 2020. Then I started training really hard for the 100K for 2021, which we all know didn't happen. Um, I then threw a tantrum and didn't want to ride my bike anymore. And so for 2020 or for last year, did a few events here and there and kind of just hung out a bit, put on a bit of weight, lost some fitness. Uh, and now this year I am back into it again. Nice. So you've signed up for the Walker 100 miler this time around. Yes. yes. Why? <laughs> What's Why? The motivation for wanting to do that? Well, it kind of made sense. I did the 50. I did the 100. I guess it's time to do the miler. And I do love a challenge. And it's the next, it's the next challenge of I've never raced that distance before. What's that going to be like for me? Um, and the team encouraged me to do it. So I was just like, yeah, okay, let's – Let's do it. Let's give it a crack and see what happens. Good. So it's really about testing yourself by the sounds yeah. of that. Can I actually yeah, do definitely. this? And that's a motivation yeah. for getting yourself out during winter. Uh, winter training. Uh, Herb, you've got some really fancy green gloves to help you through that. How was your winter training going? My winter training's good. I um, hired this new coach and he suggested going and getting some gloves from a farmland store. So I did that. But the only colour they had available was bright green. So I have these really, really cool, waterproof, nice and warm, $20 from the farmland store, bright green gloves, uh, which did make their what debut this weekend in the rain. What a what a hack. Is that a hack or a I tip? Know. Or what, what is that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's probably not helping the bike brands because um, they want to sell their product. But for 20 bucks, I've got some – they don't look cool, but I'm not here to look cool. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you suffer from cold fingers or? Uh, uh, so I'm in to I have moved to Topor in the last little while and it's pretty cold here now. So the last few weeks I've had a few training rides. I mean, I know Christchurch is cold. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> the last few weeks I've had some training rides where it's, you know, negative three, negative four, which I'm not used to being originally from mm. Hamilton. Mm. So, yeah, I do definitely suffer from the cold <laughs> mm. until you I harden to... up like the Christchurch folk. You have been getting out in the frosty weather as well. And also do it like we also want to talk a little bit about sort of self-care and recovery. You've been doing some of these ice dips in the lake as well, post-ride. Yes. That's, well, I have a lake. What are we 
I reckon it's good for me. I think it's definitely, it makes me feel happy afterwards. So that's got to be good for you. The, the lake is a, a five-minute bike ride from my house. So after a run or after a ride, it's right there. I just jump in the cold lake for a little while and I feel really, really happy afterwards. So I'm all for this, you know, cold water immersion stuff. But there's, there's something behind it. I feel good afterwards. So I'm going to try to keep it up all winter. Um, we'll see how that goes because it's getting a lot colder. <laughs> There must be something in that. We were just in Tekapo the other weekend and it and it snowed on the Friday night. We woke up Saturday morning and there was snow all over the place there in Tekapo. And there were, I don't know how many people swimming in the lake, but like like Lake Tekapo is glacier fed and cold in the peak of summer. And we were coming out of the hot pools and these two girls had obviously clearly just come out of the lake, walking down the footpath, just in their swimmers. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> heading for the hot pool to warm up, not even shivering. And I was, I was like, what yeah, is I'm going actually on surprised how warm I am afterwards and how well it goes. It's yeah, it's really good. I like it. I'm going to keep doing it. And there's definitely some good research around that. More and more uh, coming out, and there's lots of anecdotal evidence as well in terms of the, an ice bath and um, the benefits of that. So um, I get the feeling we might need to do a little bit more encouragement for Angus to get uh, into the ice bath. Would that be fair, Angus? It, it doesn't sound like you went into Lake Tikapo. Mate, that's a pretty big bath you need nowadays. Um, no, definitely, def- <laughs> definitely the hot pools was where it was at, mate. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So, um, so Anita, I was uh, we mentioned the show's sponsored by Sweet Chicks. That's a brand that you use? Yes, I've actually just started using them. Oh, this year, probably in about February was my first trial of the product. I've used a few different creams, and I, without being biased to them being a sponsor, I would – say they're the best cream that I've used so far um so it's what I'm going to stick with for the next little while it's yeah it's nice I've also started using their um after after cream as well so they've got a uh, sore muscles like I think it's called I think it's called hot cheeks um so I've got quite a bad knee and after a long ride it is really strange the muscles aren't feeling good and I have um been a bit naughty in the last few months and gone for quite big hikes and long runs which I'm not really good at and strained my knee and my ankle and the hot hot cheeks cream has been really really good to help soothe the sore muscles so that one's been good as well so on that like a chamois cream uh some of us have just be this is the first time riding the mountain bike first the um haven't done a huge amount of riding before etc what's a what is a chamois cream what is the sweet cheeks well, how about? personal do we want to get right now so for those who don't know about creams um i highly recommend using them um talk to any of your cycling mates about it um for me, anything under sort of 50 kilometres, I don't need to worry too much. But once you're going for a big, long ride, um, yeah, your body reacts to things. <laughs> and you're sitting on a saddle for, and in my case, you know, for the 100 miler, it's it's going to be potentially 11 to 14 hours on the, the bike. A chamois cream, a good chamois cream is going to be really important. Yeah, so we're talking about trying to stop the chafing. Uh... Yeah you know, in that, in that area while sitting on the seat because you're up and down and forward and back and, and all of those sort of things. Now, <clears throat> it's, um, you know, I've been a, always been a, a chamois cream user along the way, but, of course, let's not forget also a good bike fit and the right saddle will actually aid in a lot of that as well. Um, don't, if you That's do actually another thing of- I, um, I did do with my new bike is I did invest in getting a proper bike fit done. 
that's a huge part of the care of things as well. Um, getting some measurements done, getting it all fitted properly. And also that doesn't just help with your saddle, your knees, any of your joints, everything else going on, body placement um, has made a huge difference for how long I can ride my bike comfortably, recovery afterwards as well. Um, so I would also, if anyone doing more regular riding and longer rides, uh, it's a few hundred dollars to a bike fit, but it is completely worth it. Nice. So is that another um, uh, recommendation from that great coach as well that recommended the gloves? <laughs> I think I did the bike fit before I started working with that coach, but we can <laughs> we can give him that one if you want. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let's enough. just say he'd have told you to have one if you hadn't had one. As well, <laughs> yeah, I think he would have. I think he would have. We probably talked about it in our first meeting. I was like, oh, I've already done that. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. No, that's awesome. And uh, speaking of hard as nails, like uh, I did talk about an indoor trainer as Nita's like, yeah, I could do that. But actually, I think I'm just going to ride my bike outside. So here I am sort of uh, riding my bike inside. But uh, Anita, full credit, as hard as nails, <laughs> getting out and, and uh, making the most of the winter. Yeah, oh, I, I like being outside. And heck, you know, if it rains on race day and it's cold on race day, I've just got to deal with it. So I might as well just get used to riding in the winter here. Nice, and you'll be better better prepared than most, that's for sure, as a result of doing that. Hopefully. So, yeah, exactly. So just like on that recovery, we've talked about uh, chamois cream, we've talked about um, so ice, bar, ice baths and things like that. Is there anything that you do for yourself just to kind of look after yourself, to make sure that you can make the most of your training that you do? Because it's all about, obviously, how can I recover from that to be able to train again? Is there anything that you do to sort of help yourself out there at all? Um, are we talking mentally or physically? <laughs> oh, you can uh, go either way or a bit of both. I mean, I definitely, when it comes to the physical, I, um, I don't do it as much as I should, but I try to do my best to do really regular stretching and rolling and a bit of core work as well, just to help with everything, especially mm -hmm. for long distance with how um, sore your back can get and how weak your back can get. So really focusing on core to make sure that I can just keep going. Um, and then also just giving myself time afterwards as well. There's some days when I actually just don't want to ride my bike. Um, but thankfully, I've got this great new coach who's helped plan all that into my program of giving me some rest days and giving me a bit of time and also just being realistic when if I've gone and done, you know, a couple of 80-kilometer days of, of having a day off and doing some other stuff and also programming in some time to have fun on the bike. Um, there's a lot of training for the miler. So looking at days of just going out with my mates and just riding for fun without any particular goals and just having a good time and not it not all being about the training. Good. And that's super important, isn't it? I think that's a really important point, um, especially the more keen and enthusiastic we get to any particular goal. We've got to remember why we do this stuff and coming back to that. That's, that's great advice, Anita. Nice. Excellent. <laughs> I, I thought he was asking you a bit of a leading question. Yeah, I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, so to wrap it up, uh, Anita, any other advice you'd give to, say, first-time Walker 100 participants that are lining up for this for their first time and go, oh, my gosh, what have I got myself into? Oh, don't worry. Just have fun and do it. I think I said the same thing last year. Don't overthink it. Um, just embrace it. Run or ride your own race and it's it is always hard the first one because it's unknown it's a bit intimidating um but just have fun with it and talk to other people and enjoy it 
and it'll just get easier the more you do to the point that you love it so much that you want to ride 160 kilometers worth of it. <laughs> just like that. Be careful. It's a slippery slope. I'm sure it's you're very, still It's a up. real slippery slope. <laughs> Great stuff. Hey, you're going thank from you so a 50k much. to 160 in three years. <laughs> Just like that, just like that. No, that's awesome. You keep up the great work, Anita. Go on, uh, uh, well done on the weekend. You did super well and um, look forward to following your progress and helping you out and ultimately cheering you across the finish line. Cool, awesome. Nice to see you guys and have a good rest of the week. Awesome. Well done. Thanks, Anita. Cheers, Anita. See ya. See ya. See ya. Bye. Uh, the always smiling Anita, eh? Yeah, pretty enthusiastic. It's great, great uh, for her to be out racing as well. I think that's one sort of key thing that we often we get caught up in. I don't know, just training. There's not a huge amount of amount of biker races around as well, so really nice to go and put your toe on the start line and and just get a bit of a feel for where you're at. So she's done very well there. Yeah, especially midwinter. Like there's just mm. you know of, often nothing going on in midwinter, and it's just not you like you say. It's good to stay tuned, stay have that race feeling, have that start line mm -hmm. feeling, have all those you know. You know, when you're training, you can put some hard efforts and things in. But we all know that we we uh, train harder while racing. Mm, yeah, that's right. And yeah, it's uh, ultimately as you, as you mentioned, just good fun as well. Good to go and uh, um, mix it up in the mud and uh, check out to see how she's getting on. So no, well done, Anita, and um, and I'm sure she'll go great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, just quickly, as we were just talking about that, of course, Sweet Cheeks, uh, tonight's episode um, sponsor, uh, and send us a message, uh, reach out to us, uh, give us a bit of feedback on the show and what you might want to know about in the next episodes coming up uh, with the Walker 100 podcast. You'll go in the draw to win uh, a Sweet Cheeks package, which is some butt butter, some, uh, some freshy balm, which is a magnesium recovery cream. Everybody loves a bit of magnesium to stop the cramps and, and repair those muscles. Uh, the Hot Cheeks Muscle Rub, which Anita said she was already using around that knee, trying to help heal that. Uh, the Super Balm Healing Balm to Minty Lip Balm, all with a recommended retail price of $140. A big thank you to tonight's sponsor, Sweet Cheeks, for providing us that package to give away. And the Sweet Cheeks team are going to be at race registration. So go and check them out um, at the event. And uh, I think there might be a sample or two being thrown around as well. So go and make sure you do go say good day prior to the event and, um, and uh, check out what they have on offer as well. They're not giving application demonstrations, are they? <laughs> I don't know. It depends how good looking you are, Angus, and how big your moustache is, I think. <laughs> oh, mate. Hey, so uh, like I said, Anita's doing 160. You did 160 last year. You've done the 100. Have we done the 50 yet? Haven't done the 50 yet, but I'm, I've put that my name down for the 50 this year, actually. So something a little bit different to go and uh, obviously not be out there all day. Uh, I've got the family coming up for the weekend too. So I'm going to do the 50 and then the and the two little guys um, and Tasha are going to do the 10 at the same time. And then uh, the next day, or is it the next day? Yes, the next day when the 25 is on, we've got uh, Bella and Nate going to do that. So gonna um, everybody's going to get out and do something this weekend on, in terms of the walker. So it's going to be good, great fun to um, see in a slightly different angle rather than just being out there for the whole day. The 25 and the 50 on different days, mate? Yes, uh, that's right. You could do the 75. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could. I'll uh, give myself a medal for that, maybe. Hey, you might be the first person to do the 75. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. There's uh, uh, there's people doing, uh, is it the, what's the um, Eliminator plus the 50 plus the 160, something crazy like that. So, uh, but I'll claim my little 75. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And it'll be great to see the kids there, right? The kids having yep. a go and, and getting a medal too at the end and a race plate mm -hmm. to hang on the wall and all of those cool things.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, super fun. Actually, on in our house, it gets pretty enthusiastic at this time of the year with the Tour de France on, and obviously, I do a bit of Zwift. And I've um, I've had uh, the whole, all the kids manage to get the little bike on the Zwift machine today as well. So, the couple of little guys, um, Fletch and Lockie, who are nine and eleven, uh, I spent about an hour and a half swapping, doing a little turn each kind of thing. They were doing it all day, which is good fun. So, um, yeah, getting right into it. Get pretty enthusiastic in July, which is not very good in New Zealand, is it? Well, mate, I got a spare trainer sitting here. If you want to go head to head with them, come borrow it. Go head to head with the kids. <laughs> hey, that would be a great afternoon. There you go. Um, let's carry on. Let's carry on. Now, listen, you did catch up uh, with Sammy Maxwell earlier in the week. Of course, she's over on the European uh, side of the over in Europe. They're racing on the European World Cup circuit. Uh, so, with a few time differences and things going on there, you managed to catch up with Sammy. Should we hear what she's uh, got to say? Yeah, that sounds a great idea. Well done, Angus. Hey, Sammy, how are you getting on this evening? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, thanks. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. You're on the other side of the of the other side of the earth from New Zealand and Europe, hanging out, riding your mountain bike. You've um you've been going great guns um recently. We're going to have a chat about Walker 100, but before we get into that, uh, we need to um check in on uh on your European campaign, I guess so far, and say a massive congratulations on your awesome performances in the in the recent World Cup races. Uh, they're pretty cool. Um, with a couple of podium finishes just recently in the last two outings. What do these results mean to you, Sammy? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for that, firstly. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they're massive results. To be able to back up a second place in Liga Gang with the Val de Soleil was pretty pretty epic. Um, and I guess it means a lot just because, you know, you spend half your season back in New Zealand watching all the Euros and you always wonder, like, oh, Am I doing enough? What does it take to actually like make it over here? So, yeah, they mean a lot, and just to be able to do it for everyone back home and like put on a good show, get everyone excited, it's cool to cool to see. So, yeah, awesome, awesome. So, give us a little bit of background. These results don't just happen. You've been uh, running around about for a little while now. Um, tell us a bit about your your I guess rise through the ranks to be where you are at at the moment you also um we're talking Waka 100 but sort of uh everything Sammy Maxwell in regards to the um uh yeah the Waka 100 that you won last year but tell us a bit more about where you've come from so yeah I'm pretty sure pretty sure everyone in New Zealand that follows mountain biking knows that I got into cycling because my dad used to buy me McDonald's when I was little yeah um so that really started the mountain biking thing. But growing up in Taupo, obviously, triathlon's huge with the lake. So I started doing a bit of triathlon, and I always found biking was the best. And then I went to college after a bit of riding and just general sports, you know, netball, running, swimming, whatever, triathlon. And I went to college, and I did my first ever secondary school was mountain bike race, and I got third or something. And I remember I was like, oh, shit, like, this this could this could be my sport and then I kind of it's like if I started actually training see how it goes and yeah I guess once I started training I went to Oshis and got absolutely like my ass handed to me but I still loved it loved the intensity of the racing um so then I just decided to commit to the sport not with no real goals in mind other than just the fact that I wanted to see how much I could improve do you know what I mean mm -hmm. which is cool um and then, yeah, got picked up pretty quickly by some amazing supporters. Sam Thompson and stuff have really been with me since since I started racing. And, yeah, I guess it all kind of 
nothing changes overnight, but you just train and work over work over a few hours and yeah, yep. next thing you know, you're over in Europe chasing summer. <laughs> yeah. How good, how good. So give us it like what sort of time frame is that? How long have you been racing your mountain bike for? Um, I've been like properly racing comparatively since probably like year eleven college. So I don't know what form that is, like fourth, <laughs> fifth form, I think. My dad would be able to tell me. Okay. Um <laughs> yeah. But I've been riding since I was first year college like racing so yeah it's been a matter of six or seven years probably yeah a long time yeah 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 i guess it seems a long time and uh in terms of like it uh, do you say that you're in the best form that you've ever been in right at the moment that's a big call i guess you have to um i haven't been getting world cup results until now so i must be yeah 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 but yeah like i'm it's nothing it doesn't you don't just wake up and be like oh yeah i feel i feel real good today all of a sudden do you know what i mean like it's all Mm -hmm. incremental but yeah Yeah. form's definitely pretty good at the moment pretty racist yeah Yeah, good 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 yeah so just to acknowledge that actually i'm doing it right at the moment it's uh, probably quite a hard thing to do because as an athlete you're always sort of trying to do a little bit better etc but uh i'll give you that give you that credit So just, I guess, coming back off that, like we're not always in great shape, are we? And uh, and this is also sort of a question for those uh, that are that are looking to line up for the Walker 100. We're not always in great shape. Things aren't always going well. We get sick sometimes. We're really busy, etc. Tell us about, I guess, some of the tougher times you've had along the way because it, it hasn't always been podium finishes for you either, eh? Nah, nah. I mean, even last year I was pretty stoked if I got a top 20 in a world cup, which is pretty cool to now be aiming for podiums. But, um, but yeah, so I've been pretty open about like my struggles in the past around eating disorders and, uh, like energy deficiencies and stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess it just stems from that desire to be the best and that belief that there has to be something magical to be the best. Like surely it just can't be hard work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then you start mm-hmm. looking for ways to suffer a bit more or something because you think that that's going to be the key. Um, so, yeah, I've really struggled with, like, eating disorders in the past and stuff. But um, it's it's part of the process in the way – not that everyone has to have an eating disorder to be a mountain biker, yeah. <laughs> but in the process yeah. of everyone had some struggle, like you're saying, and it just comes back down to consistency and that ability mm-hmm. to just trust the process, I'd say. So, yeah. You're not yeah, always yeah, yeah. informed, but if you keep keep at it, you'll get there eventually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And a part of that, I guess, is is as you say, trusting the process, but it's also about restarting, isn't it? Like actually going, well, I oh, haven't been particularly oh, yeah. well, and I need to rebuild and get underway again. Like because we're, it's like you're in good form at the moment, but you're not always going to be in good form. It's about re getting underway if you're if you have had a bit of a downtime or you have been battling a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely like like you say, just acknowledging that and not looking or waiting for you to start feeling good to start necessarily. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like when you, like you say, if you're not in good form, you're going to have to start somewhere and you're probably not going to feel great, but you're going to have to have faith. And it always, it always when you just do it because you love it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so much easier to get out and start because you love it, not because you're chasing Mm -hmm. some result. 
That's yeah. right. And that makes it easy to get started again. So I'm just going to ride my bike because I enjoy riding my bike. I'm not going to worry yeah. about how fast I'm going, how hard I'm going. I'm going to go with some friends. I'm going to just cruise around and I'm going to, the only reason I'm riding uphill was so I can ride downhill uh, rather than feeling like I have to do <laughs> sort of certain number of vertical meters. I think we lose that sometimes, don't we, about training. It's like, actually, yeah. why did I start my own biking? It's because I wanted to ride downhill. That's the only reason I ever rode uphill. Um, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Nice. So yeah, especially like, when you're racing and stuff you oh yeah I was just gonna say, like when you're racing and stuff like gets pretty easy to get caught up in your own thing and you forget to ride with your mates and then those are the best rides yeah <laughs> how much riding with mates are you doing at the moment being in europe oh all my mates aren't yeah i mean I'll, i might this week if ben and anton have an easy week i might see if i can snuggle snuck a snuck a ride in with them because they're pretty yeah pretty on to it but um i've been lucky to do some rides with like ruby ryan and some kiwis and stuff mm -hmm. but yeah it's pretty pretty down to business when you're in morzine by yourself <laughs> okay yeah right right so it is right that's that's what i'm here for and uh and and i've yeah. got my training to do um so going back to that sort of self-care stuff what are some of the little things that you do to help you look after yourself um to make sure that you can perform to your best and train and, and recover? Yeah, I think I love this question because it's like, you know, it's, everyone thinks that they're going to get some like golden nugget and there's going to be like some magic key, like, I don't know, blueberry powder or something that makes everyone <laughs> recover. But it's not, eh? yeah. I reckon there's just sleep and good nutrition. That's all I really prioritize for my recovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I go to bed at like 8.30 or something every night. Gives me a good buffer if I can't get to sleep to still get some good hours. And mm -hmm. then food, you know, you're eating lots and recovering and nourishing your body. I mean, yeah, you'll know. And, mm -hmm. yeah, if you're training hard, it's pretty hard to go overboard. Do you know what I mean? It's amazing how much you have to eat when yep. you're training yep. hard. So, yeah, sleep and food. That's, God, that's God, I love it. That's so good. So training sleeping and eating if you're doing those three things all right well then you'll be going well it's not yeah, like we, we get caught up other out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we get caught up in all these yeah. little one percenters um but yeah. actually do they make a huge difference they probably stress us out often more than actually improve us a lot of the time exactly yeah and people people will spend you know like hours trying to perfect their aero position on the bike and then they'll happily miss two hours of sleep and i'm like that's 25 percent of your sleep that you just missed to save yep. like one percent in aerodynamic gains <laughs> like yeah <laughs> so therefore how's your training going to be tomorrow etc etc so so recovery yeah. recovery from you for, for training like do you are you training twice a day what are you kind of what's a general semi maxwell day look like yeah, so I guess my general structure for like a week will be I don't really do back-to-back -back hard days unless it's a weekend. Um, mm -hmm. So that always helps for starters. But, yeah, so I'll often be doing like a ride in the morning and then something in the afternoon while I'm over in Europe. Obviously, if I've got a job, it's kind of harder. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll do something in the morning, aim for – four to five hours rest during the day so i'll get back you know have, have some real good snacks or mm -hmm. recovery shake do some stretching some yoga just chill out kind of maybe let my let my body relax but maybe do some like mental activities like some studying or something i don't know mm -hmm. and then i'll go to the gym or go for another ride in the afternoon but um i'm never doing like double interval days or 
anything like that. It'd be yep. two rides, like a hard ride, an easy ride, or a medium ride in a gym or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. No, that's awesome. Um, and and the mental game is part of is a big part of riding your bike and racing your bike from standing on the start line. Obviously, the the nerves and things involved in that, and obviously your the type of racing that you're doing at the moment is a huge part of it. But also that juggling life and training is a big part of that mental game as well in terms of staying committed and 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 kind of keeping on keeping on as you say like it's actually the whole training gig is about eating training and sleeping so so how have you over time over the six or seven years that you've sort of built up more and more how how have you stayed committed for yourself what have you done there from that and from a mental perspective i guess yeah mentally the the biggest thing is like you know people are like oh what's what keeps you so committed so motivated and it's like for me, it's getting some internal motivation. Mm-hmm. So like there's like in- intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and, you know, like your results, prize money, placings, they're all extrinsic, they're all results. But there's that like internal motivation, that feeling of like, I just love riding my bike or I want to empower young girls to watch me race overseas and go, man, I want to be strong like her. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's all those things that, remind me why i'm doing it not not for the money or for the fame or so i can do yep. cool podcasts like this like it's, <laughs> Which you are. Like that. <laughs> yeah so that's that's probably my biggest thing is um and like in the past i've had some times where i can't ride my bike and that's just really like reinforced the fact that biking means more than just racing like it's it gets to the point where you're like, I don't care about racing anymore. I just want to go out and ride my bike because it makes me a better person, gives me endorphins, and it helps me feel like I'm contributing to like a healthy and positive community. So yeah, yeah. that's probably amazing. Yeah, good, good, good. And goal setting is that a big part of it for you? Obviously, you're a pretty goal driven yes. person, being based where you are, and and uh, uh, obviously having these lofty goals to try and shoot for. Yeah, I'm a hugely goal-driven like goal-orientated person um and i guess setting setting good goals that aren't just like i want to win it's like Mm -hmm. i want to do this so i can achieve this so i can get this outcome that's Mm -hmm. really important so to me it'd be something like i want to spend more time in this zone while i'm training which Mm -hmm. will then increase my threshold which will then Mm -hmm. let me put more power up do you know what i mean like yeah goals like that are really important and yep. yeah, little to-do lists drive me, and like I love it. I love it every yep. day. Yeah, no. ticking them off. <laughs> so, so they're yeah. your little goals, aren't they? That will get you through today and do these yeah. things and do this training session, which will then to to build forward to, I guess, to this performance, which will then build forward to that yeah. podium finish and and to, to achieve yeah. what you want to do as a result. So you've got to kind of throw that result out there, but you've got also, as you've mentioned, you've got to have yeah. all the things underneath that that help you achieve that because. You can't control that. You've got to actually, you, you, but you can yeah, control the things to, underneath it. Yeah, exactly. You've got to acknowledge that 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 top like outcome goal. I know. I've always believed at like the world stage to win requires yes hard work and really being onto it with your training and your recovery and your nutrition, but it also requires luck on the day, and you've yep. got to acknowledge that like. I'm so grateful that I didn't have any mechanicals, that I didn't have any punctures, that, you know, I was 
able to get a good night's sleep the night before because my neighbors weren't like partying like stuff like mm-hmm. that that comes down to luck yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, the walker has a number of different distances from the five, the 10, the five, through to the 50, the 100, and the 160. But for almost everyone in the walker, um, actually, the challenge is actually to see if I can complete it, no matter what distance. So I guess you, you, you line up for what you think you might be able to do. Do you have any tips for somebody that's looking to take on a big challenge like the walker 100? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, Again, there's no magic key in my eyes. It's just consistency. You know, I'm not yeah. I'm not doing anything in my mind that's special to get these results. It's just mm-hmm. been the accumulation of the last few seasons of just really consistent routine, like really good consistent routine that's allowed me to make these little improvements day by day that you don't even notice yeah. um, until it comes to race day. So there's like that little training tip. But then there's also, I guess, bit more specialist advice which is like practice your race day not in terms of you have to go out and ride some really daunting distance if you want to do it like don't go out and if you're doing the 50 don't go out and ride 50ks every weekend because you'll just cook yourself but in terms of like practice fueling really well so having gels you know however many you're going to aim for i normally aim for like 60 grams of carbs per hour while i'm racing Mm -hmm. or 60 to 90 so aim somewhere for that and while you're riding and just see if you can do that you know um i remember talking to samara shepherd last year and she said man like i should have practiced descending more in my mountain bike you know don't yep. there's no point going out and doing yep. massive days on the road if you're then gonna jump on and go oh actually i can't d- descend when i'm cross-eyed very well i'm gonna crash or man my yeah. mountain bike setup's not that good like 160 k's is gonna feel awful if you don't like your saddle <laughs> do you know what i mean yep. like yeah, yeah, so yeah. just practice stuff like that on the yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So simulating your race day so you know what's coming up and then it's not a surprise yeah, there. So you can yeah. actually use the race day and the and the loud enthusiastic music and everything that comes along with it is it's it's like I can walk forward to that challenge because I know I can do it rather than going, Oh my god, what am I up against here? Yeah. And this is this is not gonna maybe end well. Yeah, for sure. And like, I remember obviously growing up in Taupo with the Iron Man, it's huge. And I remember talking to people, you know, like a lot of people go to do an Iron Man, never have doing done an Iron Man. And training, maybe you'd practice doing the swim and the ride, but you'd never actually do a full Iron Man in your training. And it can be the same for Walker. Like, you don't have to have done a hundred ride to complete a hundred K race. Yep. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yep. yeah, for sure. It's just yep. consistency and enjoying it. <laughs> Good stuff. You do seem like you're the rider that that is enjoying riding your bike. Like you're not somebody that's I don't know. I haven't I've seen you cross the finish line, but I haven't seen you sort of out there necessarily. It feels like you're having fun and laughing and smiling and and kind of being part of the event. Would that be fair? Yeah. So I I find I'm one of these people that I love the process. I almost love the process of training more than any result or any outcome like that feeling of absolutely crushing a training week or something is more rewarding than a result Mm -hmm. because when you get a result you don't feel any different like it once I got second at a world cup I was like I don't feel any different my life hasn't changed in any massive way do you know what I mean it's but when you absolutely crush a training week you can like see those see the gains and you're like man yeah that felt good so I just I love it I love the process I love love laughing talking to people 
yeah it's good nice so therefore you make sure you make the most of the race day as well as part of that yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i mean one of my favorite things like favorite events in new zealand and i'm not just saying this honestly is the walker so last year was my first time doing the walk 100 and i loved it so much because of the event i think i walked like just how fun it is like i walked into registration and i probably saw and said hello to about like nine people within just like 200 meters because okay. everyone's yeah. there and it's an amazing community and you're like oh g'day good luck oh what's up how are you like it's good fun good stuff. it's a cool That's community awesome. yeah brilliant brilliant so good so just to finish up do you have a workout that you do on a on a weekly basis um and this is i don't know maybe a challenge to put down to the rest of us could we actually do this but have you got a, a kind of must do workout that you generally do most weeks for you uh so i guess the only thing i would do every week regardless is like a pilates session or something because you know you do that during recovery weeks or intense workouts but okay. um yep. i love at the moment i've really been enjoying like these what we call vo2 max intervals so they're around mm -hmm. intervals from around one minute to three minutes in duration yep. with a, like a similar time of rest so basically you know you do two and a half minutes as hard as you can three minutes rest and you do mm -hmm. that a few times and then go down a little bit more intense i love those ones um at the moment because you see you see your progression so quickly yep. it's like the threshold efforts are a bit harder to see your improvements but these ones you just feel different on the bike mm -hmm. after doing a few of them how many would um, you do how many, doing the gym. how many reps would you do um so i'll do like three of the two and a half minute ones maybe yeah mm -hmm. and then i jump down to doing like four two minute ones and then four 90 second ones or yeah, so I'd probably end up doing like 10 intervals, maybe yeah. something like that around that time. Um, so yeah, try them. They're good fun. <laughs> Sounds horrendous. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really, it's, yeah, it's just that you get to around 45 seconds and your legs are screaming and you've just got to be like, well, I'm just going to let go of all doubts and just see if I can hold this. <laughs> and it's pretty awful, but it's good. <laughs> good stuff. And as you say, like it's about improvements, about the process, it's about sort of seeing you getting better. Yeah. And um, and then it's not always yeah. fun and nice during it, but you're it's the um, satisfaction that you have as a result of that training session, that training week, yeah. and, and putting that together to be able to ultimately perform and achieve your, your big picture goals. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Brilliant, Sammy. So, any last comments just to finish up? Anything else to share? Walker One Hundred. You, it was your first time last yeah. time around. Anything else for others that are standing on the start line, maybe for the first time, or others that are coming back to go and have a crack at it again? I mean, I guess it's pretty easy to say, "Oh, just go out and enjoy it." But I guess maybe pick like one part of the track. So I do this no matter what race it is. Um, whether it's like a World Cup short track or a local club race, I'll pick mm -hmm. one part of the court where I'm going to make myself smile. So yeah. I remember like in the Leo Gang short track, it was like the final corner before a bridge. And every time I just come around with a massive grin and, and it helps you like feel out of the race again. You're just in the forest or you're just riding around this berm and so yeah, pick a track or something where you're just gonna like make yourself smile. It might be every time you see a marshal, or it might be on your favorite track or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, cool. Because, and that's awesome because it does actually make a difference, doesn't it? Um, psychologically, but also physiologically, you don't. It doesn't feel quite so hard anymore because you're smiling. No, overnight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, good. That's a fantastic smile. Well like done. <laughs> yeah, well, a grimace is sometimes a smile. It's pretty close, isn't it? There. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's probably what it is in short track, eh? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> she's smiling. I'll have to zoom in next time I'm watching you and seeing how she's how you're getting Bye, on. Hey, I really appreciate your time, Sammy. All the best for the um the upcoming uh world champs, is it? Is that right? In um three weeks or a month's time? Yeah, in month's time and in, in Scotland. Hopefully it's not raining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good luck for that as well. But yeah, enjoy riding your bike. Thank you so much for joining us and your insights. And uh, we'll look forward to following your progress and all the best um, for the next adventure. Yeah, thanks, Richard. No problem. See you around. Cool. Good job. How about that? Sammy Maxwell uh, from coming in from Europe, giving up her time uh, to have a chat, Richard. She's such an enthusiastic young lady and uh, just has, uh, you know, a passion for this for the sport. Yeah, she does a great job, isn't she? Great way she represents New Zealand and uh, some great advice there around uh, putting the hard yards in around her VO2 max intervals and also just reminding yourself to smile as you're riding your bike. Pretty cool. Uh, she's doing a great job and really looking forward to following her progress over the next few weeks and into that uh, World Cup race or the World Champs, actually. Yeah, and of course, you know, a couple of things that she talks about there, that, that eating, sleeping, training, consistency, uh, mm. all those important things, you know, eating and sleeping are, are, are almost two of the most important things you can do, right? Absolutely. Like we're training, training is a stress in our body. The only way we're going to get better is actually recovering from that training. And the best ways that we can recover are fueling your body and then also sleeping. And that's how your body repairs and recovers. So if you're doing those, uh, I guess, three things, those three rocks that are sorted for you and your life, then you're going to be pretty doing pretty well. Obviously, it gets challenging when things get stressful and life's busy and kids and sickness and all that sort of stuff. So um, we want to try and be as smooth of in those things as, as best as we can, which allows us to improve as much as we can from a fitness perspective. Well, as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad, mate. And I've got two of those uh, two of those three combinations there. Only one more, <laughs> but maybe one day we'll add in again. I bet you can guess which two I've got down, Pat, eh? Got no idea, Angus. We maybe do need to take a sweepstake. Maybe that's a comment from the listeners. You might be able to win some sweet checks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. That's a good idea. I could do with some more too, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, not only did you catch up with Sammy uh, over in Europe, you caught up with Tim, race director of the Isuzu Waka 100, course currently over at uh, in, in Canada at BC Bike Race. Um, you caught up with him earlier in the week. Should we, should we see what Tim had to say? Yeah, absolutely. Well done. Tim, how are you getting on? What are you up to at the moment? Good, good. Hey, uh, in Vancouver Island, in BC, Canada, BC Bike Race. So we have just uh, finished day three. It's all becoming a blur. Uh, <laughs> day three. So, um, yeah, quite tough stage. Some double blacks in there today. Um, wasn't was trying to follow Jeff Bush, but I'm about, about an hour and a half behind him. So uh, I followed his lines in the dust. So it's pretty <laughs> wicked. It's about 34 degrees and 20, right. 28 in the trees. So Fantastic. Um, even in the shade, sharp. it's hot. It's hot, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> nice. So so this is a, a work trip, is it? We're, we're doing work at the moment? I Actually, yeah, we are. So um, in an effort to make the Walker 100 better and our other event, Volcanic Epic, better, mm -hmm. um, we come over to see why the BC bike race is so good. Um, 
so yeah there's a few things that we know that we're awesome at um mm-hmm. that was sort of compared to what we do over here but there's some things that they do that are kind of cool i don't know if we'll have anybody stay on top of a caravan playing the uh, american national anthem but um in canada but uh <laughs> yeah we'll do some we'll, we'll have some things that we take away from this event and um and just getting some good riding in too good job good job and that's what it all comes back to enjoying riding your bike um so how's the event going how are you guys doing you you and tim are both over there you and um you and mike are both over there sorry yep mike our, our sponsorship guru we're over here um yeah we're just we're literally out there having fun so we're cruising the ups and um somewhat smashing the downs there's a bit of a traffic today it felt like a car park in tokyo but um yeah having heaps of fun just the downs are um riding rocks and Rocks and roots is uh, quite different to what we do up in, up in North Island, anyway. So um, mm-hmm. it's probably like riding to Hotua Riki and Rotorua for forty-five k's. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, they just got some. Their climbs have just got big ramps on them. Um, you know, lots lots of climbing, uh, which sort of makes me feel sorry for everybody that enters the hundred miler that has to go do lots of climbing <laughs> as well. Sort of getting my own back at the moment. Uh, yeah. But no, real cool. The um, the event crew. <clears throat> awesome like they're just their aid station guys and the energy that they have and just crazy passionate canadian guys so and girls yeah yeah good job and i need to ask as well have you still got all your skin on your knees yeah i haven't uh haven't come off the bike intentionally yet okay good so um there's been obviously a few hiker bikes um there's been some quite big step ups um that uh, i imagine the pro guys will get up there but most of the people around us are throwing their bikes up and over um but no, nothing, no skin, no crashes, bikes in one piece. I did have a little, something came loose on my stem today and my bottle cage came loose, but got the old cable ties out and um, saw the guys nice. at the Shimano tent and got everything fixed up. So Good, good, good. So three three stages down, <laughs> another four to go. You're going to finish this thing? You're, you're into the rhythm and, and the vibe of it all? Yeah, so this is the third stage race I entered, as you know, and um, I missed the uh, second one, Pioneer, because of uh, a fractured humerus. And obviously the first one, uh, Port to Port, was where I fractured the humerus. So got past day two, which was uh, Port to Port. So uh, the crash and now into day four tomorrow. So Good. yeah, planning on finishing it um, and then get on a plane 12 hours later and fly home. So the cramp's going to be pretty wicked on the plane, but we'll get there. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So that's, yeah, just, yeah. No, you're good. Good that you're in the rhythm and, and good that you're enjoying it. So all the best for the next few days. So so we're here to talk Walker 100. So Walker, as you talked about, the BC Bike Race, Walker's got a fantastic vibe and it's the best mountain bike event in New Zealand. What's new for 2023? You're a guy that uh, keeps innovating. You're not going <laughs> to sit still. Um, and that's part of the reason why you are where you are at the moment. But uh, what, what can we look forward to for 2023? Um, so the course itself is staying the same. Um, it's probably, we may have one more year with the course in its current configuration before a, a quite a big chunk of harvesting goes on. And that harvesting doesn't affect all the trails, but what it'll affect is how we put the trails together. So um, if you wanted to, you know, better your times and all that sort of thing, you could do the PB. Um, I was going to say you should probably enter. Um, this is going to be the last one, but we're, We've only got a spoonful of entries left, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, no Brains has been rebuilt by hand. Um, Izu's has been up there with us in the Trails Trust doing dig days with the volunteers. Cool. Um, it is a grade four trail, so it's going to be a proper grade four, and it's hand-built. So um, without the trees, it's quite a quite a, uh, quite a a intimidating sort of slope when you're traversing across it. So 
uh, and they, there's some big rocks in it. There's some big rock slabs and some really cool stuff, but um, all rideable. So, yeah. Um, and the Eliminator still downtown. So we've got the Eliminator on the Friday night. That's going to mm-hmm. open up to uh, e-bike racing and age group racing. And then there'll be the elite national champs as well. Yeah, good, good. So I need to, uh, do I enter that? How do I How do I get amongst <clears> that? I haven't put my name down for that one yet. Yeah, so the entries for that don't open until September. So anybody okay. that's entered, um, if you do enter in you know, the 50 or the 100, it does get you seating. So it gets you seated at the front of your waves. Um, and then if you haven't entered the Walker 100 or all the other distances, you can just enter the Eliminator uh, as a standalone event. Yeah, I, I was too scared. I was too scared to turn up to it last year because they had the 100 miler on the cards. But uh, just with the 50 on the cards, I, th- I feel like I need to make my trip to Rotorua more worthwhile. Yeah, yeah there's definitely some uh, guys doing the Eliminator, the 25, oh, the 50 and the miler all on the <laughs> yeah. one weekend. So mini stage yeah. race. That's keen. Mm. That's very, very keen. Nice work. So uh, we are fully booked just about. You've got a couple of entries left, maybe, if you're lucky. Yeah, so the 50 is sold out. It's been sold yep. out for about a month. The 10K yep. is sold out. Um, there is a wait list and people are getting through every week. Um, there's people dropping out as big events do. Yeah. Uh, for various reasons, people drop out, the next person goes in. Um, so the wait lists are worth being on. Yep. Um, the 100 kilometer, there will be the elite national champs category will stay open. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the age group entries, there's only four left. So once yep. those four entries have gone, we go on a wait list and then it's just a, a wait and first in, first serve, basically, through that wait yep. list system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. good job. So we've got about four months to race day. What should athletes be doing now, thinking about what what how should they be getting themselves organized so they can be uh, turn up and have a good day out? Yeah, I think I think a big tough one. Um, obviously not in Canada, so it's uh, wet and <laughs> cold, um, as we yep. all know. So I think the biggest thing is keeping a routine going. Uh, something I struggle with, it happens. Um, if yep. you're not getting it right, talk to somebody like yourself um, or other people. But just yep. get into that routine, get that training going, start thinking about bike fits. You know, if, you, if you're getting discomfort on the bike, you know, look at working out why that's happening and see if you can make mm-hmm. those changes to, to make your event positive. Um, yeah, just basically just getting in training and just being consistent mm-hmm. is probably mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, good. No, it's a good answer. And, and it's a good point around your bike as well. A lot of people just uh, assume that a bike is going to be kind of uncomfortable, but it, do, it should not be uncomfortable. Like your seat, there's so many different tweaks that a good bike uh, a bike fitter can get organized for you and it makes a massive difference. So yeah, spend some time getting that stuff sorted now. And and uh, with four months out, there's plenty of time to get yourself right. If you've got some injuries or niggles going on, yeah, get them looked at now. So then you can have a chance to get them sorted. So then you can... Uh, um, build things up and and ultimately building up to simulating whatever event you're going to be doing as well as a key one, eh? Yeah, definitely. I think I've uh, saw it out here today on BC, um, quite a tough stage. And there was, while I was getting my um, stem tweaked and retorked, there was guys turning up in the tech zone that were missing teeth on their cassettes because they were that worn and they were like razor blades, like very, very pointy. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, four months gives you enough time to manage funds and all that sort of thing to go make sure you, you, your bike is up to scratch for doing a bucket list event for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. And the main reason that people don't finish, it's not because they're not fit enough. It's not because they crashed and injured themselves. 
it's because their bike wasn't up to standard is that the case yeah bike standard uh bike maintenance is a big one um people yeah. turn up with 10 percent left in the brake pads um or they do something new um the yes, week or two yes. before the race yep um that goes down to nutrition as well they you just put something new into their system that they don't normally do and it doesn't work yep yeah nice and, and, and so, just sometimes sometimes you just have a bad day on the bike too that's right yeah exactly and just like you're doing at the moment like the key thing to finishing is just kind of keep moving forward and uh you might need the walking shoes on for some of the pieces but just kind of keep moving forward and you'll get there so um is there any other parting comments for you just in terms of now four months out getting organized anything else uh to think about um, we're seeing a lot of chat on the Facebook group of people I know on the Walk 100 participant page. Uh, a lot of people are stressed about the trails, um, okay. stressed about how technical they are, all that sort of stuff. Um, over here in BC, we don't have anything like that in New Zealand. I was a little bit stressed about it, but to be fair, people just ride their own event. They, I've got off and walk stuff. Yeah. Other people get off and walk different things. It's just like it's just mountain biking. When you're yep. in an event, you've entered it for a reason, you've entered it for that challenge, or your mates suck you into entering it. But um, you know, just just ride your own race and if, if that bit doesn't feel comfortable, mm-hmm. jump off and run down it and jump mm-hmm. back on. Um it's 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 all achievable, you know, there's no drops and there's no gap jumps or anything like that. Um so it's it's an achievable event. Yeah, no, that's good. Good advice. So first of all, um, practice some skills. Go get uh, if you can yeah. get yourself to ride a road to kind of get a bit of a feel for it. But again, you don't have to ride at all. The yes, there are some tricky parts that some people will ride, but hey, a lot of people will get off their bike, run down, and then you've still got your skin on your knees, and then you can carry on. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that in the house that we're in today, um, perception, like listening to other people talk about something, isn't necessarily the right thing to do like everybody says the walk 100 is really tough and hard and all that sort of thing as somebody's perception like you watch you watch a video on a trail you may it may look really hard but not necessarily you've just got to take your time ride your event and trust yourself and in all the riding you do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and come and see it for yourself and make up your own mind um nice work good job tim well all the best for the rest of the event um uh, go well uh, keep enjoying it keep uh, learning some stuff and uh, look forward to hearing about how it finishes up yeah finishes up on sunday uh sitting on the bike <laughs> that's the plan <laughs> exactly <laughs> good stuff and all the best for that uh that plane flight back to new zealand and we'll look forward to catching up with you uh, later on down the track as we build up through to the walker 100 awesome catch you guys later good job well done now, Rich, uh, you caught up with Tim. Let's just <laughs> timeline this a little bit. You caught up with Tim last week. Uh, we're currently at the end of the week. They're not quite at the end of this race uh, just yet. You asked him a question in that interview. Do you have all your skin? <clears throat> have, does a little birdie tell me that maybe he no longer, that the answer to that question has to change? Yeah, uh, it, was, it must have been stage four 
Five, five, maybe. Um, yeah, he was riding down a. I got a message from him riding down a double black diamond, which I think he did also mention. You can walk stuff in that interview <laughs> as well. Uh, and then he got tangled up, and maybe I think he collided with another rider as well that was tangled up and and uh, hurt himself a bit, which was uh, and therefore wasn't able to finish that stage, which uh, which is pretty disappointing. But uh, decided, okay, well, I'll have a sleep and get up tomorrow and see if I can ride. And then he's ridden today and and had a great day out there. So really good for him to get back on the bike so that's good so no i don't think he's probably got all his skin by the sounds of it all his bones are still connected so that's a win uh but he's uh got the mike and tim they've got one more stage to go tomorrow uh, stage seven so um so yeah it's uh nothing like a few battle scars and war stories after an event like that that's what, where I was going with that really was, is the fact that he got back on his bike and he's still riding and that's just bloody exactly. great to hear. Because, yeah, you know, they say they're over, he said they were over there working. Um, I need a job like that. I'm sure I do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what makes the Isuzu Walker 100 so good and makes them able to put on such a good event because um, the people behind this race are racers. You know, they mm-hmm. they know, they've experienced, they've, they're out there learning and, you know, that all helps to make this event as the amazing event that it is but totally. just quickly on the bc bike race uh i just had a look at some results before because i've been following along uh christchurch brent miller is currently with one stage to go leading the 40 plus uh, i right. think he's like 14th overall or something and uh looking like he could win the 40 plus and bring that home to christchurch and craig oliver uh he is sitting third one minute 30 behind the leader now he was lead. he was wearing the yellow jersey of course craig mm-hmm. oliver's Brother Ben is two-time Waka 100 champion uh, and, and current defending champion. So uh, that Oliver family, some big hitters in there. Yeah, no, good results. Now, uh, takeaways from Tim's conversation there. I heard a lot about, you know, making sure your bike is up to speed. You've uh, taken the time to get that ready for the big day. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. I mean, and uh, we've also talked about bike setups today as well. Have it take a little bit of time to get your seat height right and all those sort of things. Handlebars. Um, just make sure your bike's right for you, the right size, etc. Um, and I guess the uh, reflecting on our whole podcast, it's about ultimately building up to simulate the race is what uh, Sammy talked about as well in terms of um, what is it going to look like? How am I going to do it? How's my nutrition going to be? And that's ultimately what we're doing. We don't need to do it now, but that's what we're working towards. And and that comes out of consistency, regularly riding our bike to get used to riding our bike and, and therefore building fitness out of being consistent. And I think one more tip just to finish off today is it's about like you don't have to ride for hours and hours. Like most of my trainings are 30 to 45 minutes kind of thing. So if you don't have a huge amount of time, just offset that time with a bit of speed. Just go and put some effort in. Um, if it's outside, if it's commuting, if it's riding on Zwift, whatever it is, just go and, and huff and puff and challenge yourself lots. And then mm. that gets your body sort of fully stressing the blood and the muscles to be able to actually be fitter. So therefore you'll... Um, you'll get a bigger training response and just kind of cruising slowly on your bike, especially for most of us, we've got plenty of time to recover. We actually don't have a huge amount of time to train. So play with that balance of training and recovery and therefore make the most of your training time. 
and, and there's still plenty of time for training. You know, October's still a few months away. So if you mm. are uh, wanting to take that training to the next level, of course, you can get over to waka100.co.nz, get on their webpage, click on the training uh, tab on the page there, and you can go. There's a couple of links there to buy a, uh, a CP magazine, which is a pre-built um, training plan that you can purchase and use mm-hmm. to get you to your event. Or, of course, sign up with CP. Sign up with you, Richard, and uh, get a custom-built training plan to get you uh, to the Walker 100 or whatever your event at that your chosen discipline will be at the Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and jump on our website and just book a call. It comes through to my diary, and then we just have a chat. Um, happy to help. That's basically what my job is. So, um, yeah, looking forward to catching up with a bunch of you, be it um, sort of, so maybe on Zwift, on our Zwift group sessions, or whether whether helping with some programming, or our next, our next podcast in a couple of weeks' time. Well, that's right. Uh, two things there. One is Zwift, uh, Wednesday night Zwifts. Of course, uh, race director Tim Farmer has often uh, been on that Zwift uh, ride with you, Richard. So if you, that's how, uh, how how the Walker community is. He's there riding and training, even though he, uh, his day is a bit different uh, on actual race day. And of course, you're absolutely 100% right. We will be back in a fortnight's time for another edition of the Izuzu Waka 100. Uh, brought to you by Team CP, your endurance coaching specialist. Tonight's episode, of course, brought to you by Sweet Cheeks. Uh, make sure you send us a comment, give us some feedback on tonight's uh, episode, what you might want to see in the future episodes, and uh, you'll go in the draw to win one of the the uh, the Sweet Cheek prize packs. Well done. Good job, Angus. Thanks for pushing the buttons. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Thanks for our fantastic guests. And uh, enjoy riding your bike, everybody. We'll see you at the next one. Good job. You've been listening to the Waka 100 Podcast, brought to you by Team CP. Skull, 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 skull. Um, so much fun, lots of camaraderie and lots of laughs. If you dig the show, make sure to like, rate, and review. This is here.